And so we're going to look where we started last week, and we will just touch on it a little, then we're going to move on to more. I'd like to finish, if I can, hopefully, if I can, this uh, series. There was, could do this for weeks and weeks, but I want to um, change it for next week. I have something in my mind, in my heart, and maybe even the week after that, the Lord gave me another word on the way here this morning as I was just talking to him and praying this morning and thinking about these things. So will you turn in the scriptures, please, again, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. We'll read verses 16 and 17 again as a basis for the word this morning. But keep your Bible open because we're going to keep in the word, of course, as we go through this morning's message. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Father, take your word and inscribe it in every heart. Take your own word and imprint it upon every mind. Take your word, Father, and do with it what you will, as you deem fit, as you desire. And Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Glorify your Son in our lives. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. Starting off at the risk of drawing your attention away from the word, you will hear a noise, and that is, believe it or not, the new bowling alley has opened at 10 a.m. instead of the afternoon. They have got special permission to open. So try and ignore it if you can after me pointing it out. No, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we looked at the word temple. I'm not going to go through another whole study about it. I'll give you it in a nutshell. It's the live version where the worship as well is on, still on our Facebook page. Believe it or not, it's like 25,000 views last Sunday morning. So people are interested. People are watching. And we are going to do a little bit different this morning, but I want to give you a little encapsulation where we were. We have the the word temple, the two main words are naos and heron, or heron. The bricks, this, the, the edifice was the temple, like this building. The edifice of the temple when Jerusalem was the heron. The temple was known as, if they mentioned the word in the Greek heron, they meant the whole precincts of the temple. If they mentioned the word naos or naos, that was the Holy of Holies, generally speaking, where the high priest of Israel went in once a year. We spoke about that, Zacharias, and, or pardon me, uh, yeah, and, and how he went in and came out uh, dumb, remember, he couldn't speak, and we, we, we looked at that last week. Um, this word, naos, means there where the glory of God dwells. So in all of the earth, That was the only place where the glory of God would come down. And then we looked at how the Lord Jesus said, destroy this temple. He used the word naos. And in three days, I will raise it again. And it says, this spake he of his body. So destroy this temple, he said of himself. And in three days, I will raise it up again. And so they, that was one of the accusations that the Jews brought against him because he said he would destroy our temple. And they, they were fixated on the temple. And so this was a big crime, as it were, in their eyes. But he spoke of his body. The word naos, they thought he's gonna, he wanted to destroy all the walls of the temple right through to the Holy of Holies. That's why they cried out so much at Jesus' trial, or bringing him to trial, because that was the Holy of Holies. Jesus said this temple would be leveled, and not one stone would be laid upon another. And of course, in AD 70, Titus, the Roman prince, came, and that happened. The Apostle Paul, in our writing, says, Know ye not that ye are 
the temple of God. The word temple, Paul uses as the word naos or naos. And it means the place where God dwells. And so the the born-again, blood-washed, saint, child of God, they are the naos of God. So you, brother, and you, sister, are the temple. You're living stones or lively stones. And we're going to look at some scriptures we fitly frame together. So we should and we need to be together in fellowship and worship. So the word temple, the naos, Paul says, you are the temple. You are the temple. God dwells in you. And that's what he means here. So I've done an awful lot more last week. That's it in a nutshell. But that's what he means in this reading here, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth, see, resides, it means. You're the naos of God where God's Spirit dwells. So God is in you. The Holy Ghost, he's within you. And so because of this, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So wherever you are, wherever you go, he's with you. You're the temple. And so the idea being that when Christ comes back, it's not a temple in Jerusalem that he will be blessing. It is the temple which is his body. Okay, so look, when we look at this, notice what Paul says in verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So in other words, you and I, being the temple of God, if we willingly, purposefully destroy the temple, he says God will destroy us. Yet we're told that God is so loving and kind that he'd never do anything like that. I believe some people have been taken off this earthly scene because of the destruction of the temple. There's people and they're saved and they still smoke and they find it hard to kick the habit. I believe you can. I believe God can give you the the strength to do that, brother, sister, whoever it is. I believe if the Holy Ghost is in you, you can do that. Or alcohol or whatever else. And so if we are living, say, smoking, I don't know, 40 cigarettes a day, we're destroying the temple of God. Is it any wonder when people say, well, how how come I got lung cancer? And we would pray for you that the Lord would heal you. Of course we would. But then to go back to it. Paul writes to the Corinthian church about a man who had his... He says it was his, his father's wife, but it meant his stepmother, as it were. And he had illicit relationships with her, and he was warned off about this. And it says that the Lord took him, that the spirit might be saved. Imagine that, that you're still saved. But the Lord took him, that the spirit might be saved. Here the apostle says, and I can... I can tell you there's not many places or churches that are willing to tell you these things. That if we destroy the temple, him or her, God will destroy. Let me give you an example. If I go on and and I continually destroy my body, if you're a diabetic, try to eat right. The doctors told me recently, I'm pre-diabetic. So I've had to learn to eat right. And I have to admit, I backslide sometimes. But I shouldn't. And I try not to. Because I want to keep the temple of God. I want to be able to be strong. I want to be able to be a carrier of the temple. Or pardon me, of the spirit. And so I want this temple to be able to serve God. Paul tells us that we ought to live our lives right. And we're going to look at this this morning. We already did a whole morning on it, but we're going to touch on some of these things too. So you can look at this and say, well, you know, we can do this, that, or the other, and people are destroying. Whatever way the Lord applies that to you, then the Spirit will speak to you. It's not my, I'm not here to condemn just to bring the Word and let the Spirit speak. 
Let the word of God speak. Notice here he says in verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, will you flick over with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, please? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. First of all, look at verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? That's you, brother, sister. Notice, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Notice, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, touching the unclean thing, and it's in relation to also idols and idolatry. And the church, brother, the church sister, that's the temple of God. We find that the temple is committing idolatry all the time. The whole spirit of of ecumenism, the ecumenical movement at the minute, is idolatry. Idolatry where there's uh, worship of idols. Coming into fellowship with it. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. There can be idolatry when we place anyone or anything where Christ should be in our lives. Could be a sports star. A pop star. An actor, whatever. It could be our family. It could be our friends. It could be our workplace. There's all different types of idols. And there's an idol that's rising up and the people are blinded to it in these last days. And it's it's the idol worship of the government. It's the idol worship of godless government. Where the church has allowed itself to enter in. There's the idolatry everywhere where the church should be separate and sanctified and holy for the use of the master. Notice here what Paul says and what agreement. If you agree in these things, with these other things I mean. And what agreement hath the temple, notice the naos or the naos. That's you. The naos of the living God. In other words, if we have been filled with the Spirit, if we are blood-washed, born-again believers, if we are Bible-believing Christians, how can we then be in agreement with that which is against the Holy Scriptures? And when we are, it's idolatry. We're agreeing with the idolatry. And the more the days go on, and the longer the years are now proceeding, we're finding now in this day and the age that we're living in. How many remember a few years ago, and those who have been with me for 10 or 12 years, but even a few years ago, that I said it's going to get worse. They're going to start doing this. They're going to start doing that. And you know, who remembers me preaching on that? Quite a number. For a long time, what's happening today? I've been preaching on it. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And it's there, those who are born again, those who are grounded, the temple that is built on the true foundation of Christ, it's that temple that will stand. Individually, you're a carrier or a temple, a living stone, a lively stone of the Holy Ghost. Collectively, we are also the temple together. But it's coming a time 
And I'll tell you what's happening in this day and age. God is showing up in people's lives who they are that are really his. In other words, what's in them? What's in you? What's in your brother? What's in your sister? In fact, let me put it like this. Who's in you? If we are the temple that's there where God dwells, then we must walk, live, and act as that temple. And it's not just the church here that that is, and look, this is a temporary place for us, we know that. This is the the hero on the building. It's not going to church that saves you. It's being the church because you've been born again. More and more in our nation, the gospel, the word of God, the law of God, and the Christ of God are being hated with a passion. And the temple of God Will you and I, here's a challenge to all of us, to me too. Will you and I, listen, and for whoever's listening live at the minute on Facebook and live on YouTube and later on, church, blood-washed, born-again believer, will you let the Titus of this age, this Antichrist system and spirit, Will you let it destroy the temple? In other words, your walk with Christ. Your love of Christ. From you following Christ. You're the temple. There's a Titus wanting to pull you down in every direction. There's a Titus in every street corner and there's a Titus in every town, city and village. There's a Titus where you work, many of them, and there's a Titus where you live. Maybe even be a Titus in your home. Listen, they want to pull you down like Titus in AD 70 pulled the temple down in Jerusalem. They want to pull the temple of the body of Christ down, the church have something to tell every Titus that's out there, the spirit of Antichrist. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But who are? Who are the real, true elect? The blood-washed of Christ. Can I say this with all the love of my heart to you? There are too many people, even on social media, who are fixated on an antichrist. Get your eyes off it and look. Search for the Lord Jesus Christ and seek him out. For he is coming again. He is coming. Notice here, he says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. That's who's with you wherever you go. That's who's in you wherever you go. Notice here, he says, I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Look at verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 6. Pardon me. 1 Corinthians 6. I said 2, pardon me. And verse 19. Notice the opening word with the question. What? Paul says. And here uh, uh, he emphasizes with an emphatic question to us. What? That's the way it goes. What? Paul asks us this morning. Know ye not, there's another one, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you. Notice here now which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So the idea is, brother, sister, are you sold out for Christ? Are the pleasures, the comforts, the blessings, the temporal 
things that we see with our eyes and love to feel through the, the flesh, which is our temple, the God's temple, which is our body, is that which rules us over the leading of the Spirit through the Word of God? Is that, what is it that, and who is it that leads us? Is it ourselves through the flesh or the Holy Spirit through the Word? And then we have to look at then, who is it that makes us the overcomer or that overcomes us? Is it ourselves and our flesh that overcomes our own lusts and we're destroying the temple? We're neglecting the Christ who bought us? Notice what it says here in verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, because you're bought with a price, because the Holy Spirit is in you, because you're not your own, he says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Notice it's a small s, so it's your own personal, your persons of the spirit, which are God's. Okay, let's look at this redeemed. Your body, your soul, and your spirit has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You're not your own. You've been bought by the blood of Christ. So what Paul is saying is here, even if the body dies, you're still his. But while the body lives, let's serve the Lord in this body. For one day, 100 out of 100 of us, should Christ tarry and not come at this point in time, we will all enter the sod. But at resurrection, your body, whether it be destroyed by worms or whatever way, whatever condition it is in, your body will be resurrected and your body will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So in this body, serve him. In this body, love him. In this body, worship him. Your body It's a temple of worship. Your body is a temple of worship. Notice here, Paul writes, let your eye go back to verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 6. Here's another one. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Now, this is important. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What? There's another one. What, he says? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You know what Paul's telling us here? See what you do with your body, you're doing with the temple of God. A few years ago, I had a, an email. And it was from someone, I didn't know them, from a woman. And I'm reading the email. She started asking me just basic questions. And then she started asking me inappropriate questions and telling me inappropriate things. So I stopped and says, I'm sorry, I need to show my wife this. I need her to be involved. So if you want it to keep private, I can't go any further with this. So I got Alison and we read them together. And this person was speaking about Things she shouldn't have been up to sexually. And what I had written back was what? Know ye that he which is joined to an harlot is one body. This person was a Christian and the other one I don't know whether they were or not. They said they were a Christian. The other one I don't know whether they were or not. And I'm going to tell you the truth. 
I give them the scripture and I says, if you're a Christian and you're lying in that sense with someone, I'm being careful because there's children here, lying in that sense with someone, you're joining yourself and you're bringing Christ into that. You're bringing Christ into that. Everywhere you go, young people as well, everything you do, you're bringing Christ, if you're a Christian, to that which you are bringing yourself into. Christ is with you. You are a member of the body of Christ. You are the temple where the naos of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells. And so if you are illicit, you're making Christ's body, his temple, illicit. I know you're not going to hear this in many other places. I'm saying this for care. I'm saying this out of love to try and help. And whatever you do to join, you're joining Christ to that. Now here's what I want to ask you. It's not a condemnation, it's just a question. Here's what I want to ask you. If the Lord Jesus Christ walked in those doors and walked down here and right around here to the breaking of bread table, would you still do those things with him standing there? Well, understand, he is there, he's in you. The church has lost its self-conviction there. The church has lost a sense of holiness. Boy, it's hard, isn't it? But it's true. Listen. And every one of us are guilty. Every one of us are guilty. Thank God he loves us in spite of us, not because of us. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy and for his kindness and his goodness. Thank God that he's with us, neither to leave us nor forsake us. Because if we were left, that's why I, I, I get a little bit perplexed with people who think they've lost their salvation as soon as they've thought a wrong thought. Listen, if that be the case, every one of us are lost by the time we get up in the morning. Every one of us are. We are kept by faith through the power of God unto salvation. But we must walk right before God being the naos the temple of his dwelling notice what 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 he says what know ye not that he which is joined to an heart it is one body for two saith he shall be one flesh but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit Your spirit is, is, if I can use the word connected, you're in unison, you're in oneness with God when you're saved. Through the Holy Spirit. And that means he can help you. He can help you through every trial. He can help you through every temptation, through every struggle. Everybody in here, including me, we all have our struggles with something. Many of us would say, I don't want to admit that. You don't need to. I'm not asking you to. But he knows. So notice this, if you will, please. Being the the temple of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, you can turn to it or I'll read it out, but Ephesians 2 verse 20 to 22 It says that you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. 
This means you and I are not just New Testament Christians. Nor are we just Old Testament believers. We're whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole Testament believers. The prophets and the apostles. Notice here, you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21. And whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. So you know what we are this morning? Even when you've had your ups and downs in the way here. Even maybe some of you have been driving and someone's cut across you and you've nearly lost your sanctification. I know what some of you are like because you're like me sometimes like that. If I see a traffic jam, I drive 30 miles to get round it. And Alison says, Ken, your shortcuts are the longest shortcuts I, I know because I drive all over the place just to not sit in traffic. I'd rather burn 10 pounds of juice than sit there with the clock ticking over. I, I just can't stand it. I have no patience for it. They ask God to work on me there for that. Sometimes, listen, sometimes, and brother, you know what I mean in saying this. Sometimes the old man comes up. You want to shake the fist. Some of you women are like that too. <laughs> but sometimes, and listen, we're all the same. Nevertheless, you could have had it when you came here. You could have had something else, something at home. Maybe... Brother, your wife burnt your toast and you weren't happy about it or something. You had a, a bit of a, a ding-dong before you come out. I don't know. Or maybe he, maybe he just annoyed you, sister. And you're, you're saying, see him, I'm fed up with him. I'm not asked for a show of hands. It's already spoken to Isabel because he can't contain herself here. The idea is we're still holy. Not because of who we are. We are still holy. Hagaios. That means to be set apart. God sees us through his Son and under the blood of Christ. But by the way, get it right. Notice here. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, Paul says... Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. There's another, know ye not. That Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. That's strong, isn't it? So without flicking over, stay in 2 Corinthians 13. Without flicking over, let me go back to Ephesians 2 and 20, verse 21. And whom all the building fitly framed together goeth into an holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22 says, And whom also ye are builded together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. Paul says we are a building for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So when you and I gather together in worship and praise here, whether it's around the table or whenever during the week or whatever, we should be expecting God to be in our midst. God isn't here waiting for you to come. I know people would say, you know, well, there's a lovely, there's a lovely feeling about that old building, that old church or that old... Listen, it's just because it's quiet. It may be sanctified, set apart by man for the use of things. Do you know whenever the real peace comes? When you enter it. Because you are the carrier of the Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says we're a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, when we go to 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, he says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Notice, know ye not your own selves that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. What does he mean? In other words, examine yourselves, not others. Examine yourselves, not others. 
You know, if you look around enough, you'll find plenty rather than be fixed on Christ. You'll find plenty of faults in people, pastor. And when people are always finding faults in others or the pastor or the pastoral team or whatever, you know what I find? Their mind isn't on Christ. They've lost the unity, the closeness of Christ. Because see, when Christ, as it were, standing right in front of you, you wouldn't say those things or act that way. But you forget he's in you. He's in you. Examine yourselves. Listen to Puritan Thomas Watson. He writes, self-examination is a spiritual inquisition set up in the soul. Sometimes we need to take stock. Sometimes we need to take stock and have a spiritual inquisition, as it were, in our soul. I don't know if you're aware what the spiritual inquisition is. He's liking it onto, because this is no Puritan, just after the times when the Reformer, Protestant Reformation was birthed, and, and the Roman Church set up, for example, the Spanish Inquisition, and they mutilated and tortured people who would not who would not bow the knee to the Pope, who would not take of the Mass, believing it was a little bo- literal body, blood, sinew, and divinity of Christ. They, they mutilated them, they skinned them alive, they stretched them out and cut out their organs one by one. Thomas Watson is taking this picture. Sometimes they were, these people were stretched out as far as they could be stretched out with horses, and then their limbs pulled out as the horses were whipped to go. Tell you a lot of stories. Fox's Book of Martyrs will tell you any amount of stuff that you need to know. And Thomas Watson takes this picture. And he says, what about if you sit yourself down? Now, not to go into self-condemnation now. But look and see, was I right in what I said? Was I right in how I acted? Was I right in what I did? Was my mind in everyone and everything else rather than on Christ? And was I conscious of him? Was I conscious of Christ? Because if I was conscious of Christ, I wouldn't act like that. I wouldn't be there. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say those things. And I certainly, certainly would not be treating my brother and sister the way I've treated them. That's what Thomas Watson is taking the picture from. And self-examination is a a spiritual inquisition set up in the soul. Paul says, examine yourselves. Prove your own selves. Listen to Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Remember... Many a man's religion will stand examination that will not stand proof. And I want you to get this, so I'm going to start it again. He he writes, remember, many a man's religion will stand examination that will not stand proof. We may sit at home and look at our religion and say, well, I think this will do. If I could tell you how many people are willing to sit at home rather than be in their place of worship? How many people who are physically able to be out but rather have said, this will do, who will sit at home and they'll go under, as it were, the Spirit's examination, and if that spiritual inquisition was truly set up in the soul of the person, of the man and the woman, under the anointing of the Spirit, here's what they'll find. There's nothing in you. There's nothing. Nothing worth Christ dying for. There's nothing in any of us. But since I am not my own and I am bought with a price, listen to what it says, Romans chapter 12. And verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourself, your bodies, he writes, a living sacrifice, 
holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed to this world, but rather be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. No, Paul's saying, Paul's saying every day, your body, your living, how you live, is a spiritual, continual spiritual act of worship to your God. How come those who worship dead idols? How come those who worship in false religion can be so enthused and passionate, impassioned about their God, and they have no unction of the Spirit of God, but rather they have another spirit, and they can be out and they can be standing strong and staying firm and being faithful and resisting unto death for their faith. Yet the Christian life, the Christian is willing to sit at home and say, I can save it that I'll do. There's nothing in them. There's nothing in them. Well, it was hard, wasn't it? It was not difficult. But I love you enough to tell you the truth, and that's that's why I tell you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Listen, church, Ecclesia, the called out church, listen, we're in a very, very dark time at the minute. And the darkness is going to get greater. And if you're not grounded, if Christ isn't in you now, you'll faint. Now listen to me. I said earlier, I've prophesied to you. I've preached to you for years. Some of you visit the back for 12 years. And I've told you, and thankfully they're faithful. And I've told you over and over again, all of this was coming according to the word of God. I kept preaching it, I kept saying it, and I kept proclaiming it. And there's people all over the place called me. You know what it was called this week? You know what it was, told it was called? I'm not sure to tell you. <laughs> I was called an extremist because of how I preach. I don't mind. I don't mind. I'll tell you why. Because God will sift the wheat from the chaff. And it's the goats that get annoyed at the word. Not the sheep. Because he said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. That's what he says. Going to have to close soon. Are we all right for another five minutes or so? Yes. Notice, prove your own selves. Examine yourself, then prove your own selves. And as Spurgeon says, there's many will say, I could get saved. That'll do. Listen, if Christ is not on the throne of your heart, If Christ is not Lord over all, then Christ is not Lord at all. And as the hymn writer, the old poet said, the greatest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. You know, there are many places wouldn't let me in to preach a message like this. Wouldn't have me. Many places wouldn't have me anyway, but that's okay. They wouldn't let me in to preach these sort of things. And I don't mind. I don't mind. Let the dead by their dead. Brother, sister, it's time to take the stand. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to be ready in the spirit. It's time to be grounded on the foundation of Christ.
You're going to need it. I'm going to need it. First of all, examine yourselves, prove your own selves, and thirdly, know ye not your own self. Do you not know, he says, that Jesus Christ is in you? He's in me. Listen, again, I've heard all weekend, I've heard most of the week and all weekend about those who despise me. I hear it nearly every day, different ones. Those who hate me. It almost got to me this week. Almost. For a while I struggled. Lord help me. A while I struggled. You know what? Until I went into the house of the Lord and then I seen the end of things. Do you know where I got my strength? One, they gave me a good wife to stand by me. But two, here's where I got my strength. When I came into the house of the Lord. Not Billy, nor Rebecca, nor Lloyd, or Gordon, or Tracy, or Andrew, and others who were in here first, or Denise, not one of them knew about it. My heart was in my boots. My heart was in my boots. I wanted to run away. This morning. And in the way in the car says, Lord, I'm done. When's this attack going to stop? You know, because people... People are all over and they're giving it all this. Listen, it gets back to me anyway. Usually I go, yeah, okay, that's me. But for some reason, I let the enemy in. Brother, sister, see, once you give him a foothold, he's going to want to be the tightest that heard down your temple. But I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. When we started to worship the Lord, my mind went off all the other naysayers. My mind was focused on him. And when I came around the table, I said, Lord, help me. And yes, the old mom was coming out. I remember, Christ is in me. Paul writes in Romans, 12 and 2, and be ye not conformed to this word. You know what the word conform means? I'll have to do it another time. It means all of that on the outside and all that's happening with the government and all that's happening and all the hate mongers and all of those people who hate the gospel and all the people in your work and in your family and your home or whatever and all those who get us down and pull us down. Here's what he means. All the outward effects all the outward people, all those in the world and all the things that are against you, don't let it flash in you, brother. Don't let it conform you to be like them. Don't let it turn you into them. That's what it means. And be not conformed to this world. They hate him. They despise him. They despise his word and his gospel and his law. They despise the Son of God. And he's saying, be ye not conformed to this world. Don't let them outside affect you within. And I almost did it this morning. I've been up from five this morning. I couldn't sleep. The went down the stairs and I sat down and I couldn't even pray. I felt the heaviness of it. So I went and made a cup of tea and had a bowl of cornflakes. And I felt better. Tea makes everything better. If it's punjama. <laughs> Has to be punjama. But it affects you. All of this affects you. If it turns your spirit, it's robbing Christ of the glory. Be ye not conformed to this word, but be ye, listen, transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice, be ye transformed means, see from within, 
that the glory shine from within to without. No matter who's against you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'll hold the curtains a wee bit for you there this morning. I'd like to see in there. Here's what the scripture says. Definitely off the close. The name of the Lord is as a strong tower. There's his name. The righteous. Are you righteous? Oh, no, no, son, you're righteous in Christ. The righteous, what do they do? Run into it. Runneth into it and are safe. The problem is, here is where the name of the Lord is a strong tower. In this place, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. You know what? I feel like David. For by thy spirit have I run through a troop, and by thee have I leaped over a wall. Then he says, by thee have I bent a bow of steel in my arm with my arms. Know what he said? I'm, I'm cowering in the cave. Now I'm courageous in Christ. It's not running away from the place. It's running into the Lord. Run to him, brother. And run to him, sister. Listen. Finish with this, definitely. Know ye not your own selves. Know ye not your own selves that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. I'm not waiting for the naysayers or the other peoples who, who think whatever. I'm not waiting for them to tell me if I'm saved. They're gonna, I'm not waiting for that. I know I'm saved. <laughs> I'm saved because he, he died for me. Notice. I'm going to finish with Spurgeon. Christ in the heart means Christ believed in. Christ beloved, Christ trusted, Christ espoused, Christ communed with, Christ as our daily food and ourselves as the temple and place where Jesus Christ daily walks. That's what it means to be the temple. Know ye not? Ye are the temple. I more know ye not, so maybe do them some other time.